Listening Dog Media. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary VTW, void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus yes! Oh, yes! the offside rule we get it is brought to you by continental tires Hello and welcome to another hot, sunny episode of the Offside Rule. We get it, episode 39. I always like it if I get a laugh from you, like in the first second, Kate will say. I was just imagining the Costa del Offside Rule, actually. <laughs> I think we've done that before. I think it was called Brazil 2014. <laughs> I'm sure we can do another. Um, we decided last week to do an outdoorsy Offside Rule podcast, and it was all in homage to the Jamie Vardy Leicester party, the Vardy party, after they'd been crowned champions. We had some pizza outside. We had a bit of fun. We enjoyed it so much. We've even come back to the same vicinity of West London, but we've just brought someone else along. So Gigi Salmon is with us as our special guest this week. Hello. Hello. I'm wondering where my pizza is. If last week you had pizza, I've got no sunshine and no pizza. We work on the sun. I don't know about the pizza because we're at a pub this time <laughs> you can have some rosé wine sounds very good maybe after we've recorded the podcast <laughs> yes exactly are we going to reveal anything here like what that we've been to the bar and ordered three drinks yeah and Gigi and I went for lime and soda no um, no vodka and you went for wine <laughs> of course I did Look, that speaks volumes. We're learning a lot about our personality traits here. Um, we've got lots to get through for today's podcast. Now, obviously, we're not going to let Leicester go just yet because they had their big celebrations. We'll come on to that. First of all, down to the wire, we had so much drama around Europe over the weekend. So it's not just the Premier League that's been won. It's leagues around Europe, some still being played as well. What we're going to do is pick out a couple to give you an update on. I know that we've spoken a lot about Serie A this season, haven't we, Kate? So we can't ignore that completely. I'm hoping you're picking that. I'm going to try and do what Mina did so beautifully for us earlier on in the season and eloquently update you on what's happening in Syria. <laughs> uh, the one big party continues, ours, but as well as that, Leicester City's. We saw Andre Bocelli there. We saw so much celebration. Um, I thought the, the fact that they gave the singer beer and a, a packet of Sultan Victory crisps from Walkers, <laughs> brilliant. But what else could they have done? We want to put our party planning to the test. Uh, we're going to do some different 
sort of celebrations that they could have integrated at the weekend. I, I, th I think we've missed some corkers, so we'll talk about that. We should also pick out our favourite moment because there were some pretty bizarre things that happened on Saturday at that club. It was like some strange LSD-influenced 60s movie in part, you know, it's a kind of pop-up fairground. It was a pop-up fairground. They weren't giving those out, were they, with the singer beers? <laughs> it was, some of it was pretty weird. OK. Um, we've also got Sue Smith with a roundup of everything WSL nearing in on the FA Cup final, which is going to be at Wembley. Over 30,000 packed it out last year to see Chelsea ladies crowned as champions, being our very honorary Miss Chelsea. You must have been pleased with seeing that. Absolutely incredible. And it's what the Chelsea ladies have done and what they continue to do. The squad they have at the moment is absolutely amazing. They're keeping hold of the players. They're adding to the players. And Emma Hayes, surely they've got the future England manager yeah. at the helm. I mean, she's wonderful. She's so passionate. They've redone everything at the training ground now. They have state-of-the-art facilities and they just keep setting the bar even higher. Well, they're going for it again. Uh, we're going to reveal something. We might have to get our hats out. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting very excited about this. I hope it happens. Um, Lindsay and I have been invited to the Women's FA Cup final, which is brilliant. Thank you very much to SSE. And then we got a call last week to say, how would we like to go in the Royal Box? I hope you've been practising your regal wave. <laughs> well, I don't know who's going to be there because we had Probably this Probably Prince William, I would have imagined. I'm not sure about Prince William, but I think you have to aim high. If it's the Royal Box, there's going to be a member of the Royal family mm. in there, so I think you have to... We'll get Anne, won't we? <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say about Anne? <laughs> I will work on my hat and we'll move on. Um, promotion picks. We're going to start with um, the automatic promotion spots. We're all confirmed over the weekend. We saw, and we've got to say congratulations to Hayley McQueen's Middlesbrough. Yes. They did it. Also, Burnley Crown Champions. You were at the Valley at Charlton. Yeah, it's wonderful. Such a hard-working side. They went 23 matches unbeaten. They were defeated 3-0 away to Hull on Boxing Day. Since then, they have not lost. They've bounced back in style. And I think, and speaking to Sean Dyche afterwards, they've learnt from their first spell in the Premier League, so hopefully Burnley can stick on in there for a bit. Well, what we're going to do for topic number one, girls, is pick a promoted team that we're going to keep an eye out for next season and tell us why we like them so much, why you like them. It could be something to do with their style of play, something to do with their story of getting promoted. Um, you can go up and down the leagues in English football, and that's where we'll begin. Hi, I'm Jeff Stelling, and you're listening to The Offside Rule. Three women talking about football. I'm used to listening to four old women talking about football on Saturday afternoons, so I'll definitely prefer this. So you are listening to the Offside Rule. We get it. Brought to you by Continental Tyres, getting you to the game safely. And you can listen via Audio Boom, iTunes, and also remember to check out our website. Fresh new articles up there every single day, offsiderulepodcast.com. So we're going to begin with this one, promotion picks. Um, I want you to tell me your promoted team that you're going to be keeping an eye on, starting with Gigi. I just spoke a little bit about Burnley and I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on them because I watched them a few times and I just hope they can hack it in the Premier League. But if I could do two honourable mentions that I will be keeping an eye on even if they don't make it. They fluffed it on the final day of the season. The first one is Accrington Stanley. Mm. Accrington Stanley in League Two have not paid a penny for their starting level, not one penny. They don't even own their own training ground. They wow. have to share a council training ground. John Coleman's been there for 17 years with a two-year break in between, and it's been 10 years since they were promoted to the Football League. They play stunning, attractive, 
wonderful football. They've got Dean Windass' son, Josh Windass, leading the line. It was in their own hands. They won at Wickham. They just had to beat Stevenage the final day of the season. They got a draw. It wasn't enough because Oxford won and Bristol Rovers got the result they wanted. So if they come up through the playoffs, that's what I'm keeping an eye on. And also Brighton. I thought surely Brighton are going to do it. You mentioned Middlesbrough going up. I really thought they could. Chris Hewton, what he's done this time last year, they were fighting relegation. He's turned things around. He's turned it on their head. It's a lovely club. It's a lovely stadium. Again, they play good attacking football. So I'm hoping they come through the playoffs. But in terms of the teams that are already there and for the reasons I've touched on, I think it will be Burnley. They've toughed it out. They've got a little bit of everything. And Andre Gray, they bought him from Brentford at the beginning of the season, 23 goals. I'm really interested to see if he can carry that form on into the Premier League. Now, he used to play for Luton, right? Do you remember me tipping Andre Gray about two and a bit seasons ago as someone well who I'd love to see play in the league? And hasn't he just played in the league? He's excelled in the league. So what a great story that is. Um, the team I'm going to be keeping an eye on is the team that I've seen quite a few times. I used to have a friend who worked there. So I've had the proud honour of sitting in the manager's office and looking at his tactics board. I'm going to speak about Northampton. Been to Sixfields quite a few times. And I think for them, a bit like Leicester really, it has been against the odds for them in League Two. The fact that they were really moments away from being liquidated. There was um, a loan from the local council to help develop the stadium and in, in particular the East Stand as well. And when that ten and a quarter million pounds went missing and the work didn't start or started and then definitely didn't finish, there was a huge cloud over the club. It took a new owner in the form of Calvin Thomas and some historic rallying really from Chris Wilder, the manager there, to sort it out. And not only have the debts been paid and have the team got back on track, they've been performing brilliantly first team to be promoted this season with four games to spare I think what's also impressive a bit like Accrington Stanley is that they're playing really good football you know it's, it's such an easy criticism to make isn't it that down the lower league says a huge gap between what's going on at the top level and what's going on at the bottom level but, but I think that that's starting to be addressed as technology and as science develops and becomes embraced and is easy financially easy for clubs to embrace I think that that gap is narrowing and what you've seen at Northampton's you know lovely creative passing fluid movement great goals as well you know so a very strong team there a couple of moments for me really or things that are going to shine into next season and why I'm particularly interested to keep an eye on them is that Northampton's growing you know it's a town where they are doing a lot of building a lot of development going on there so the support should in theory continue to to grow as well. The supporters there have a very key involvement in running the side and in um, contributing to the side as well and I think you know players have respect for the supporters and vice versa so you know you don't get that in football these days do you? Where players truly respect supporters and supporters respect players you know too much one-way traffic going on very much a team effort They've had a roller coaster season, so not only am I interested in their growing support and in how their football, which I think is going to be fine in League One, how that's going to play out, but I'm also interested to know what happens now the ship has steadied. They've had a roller coaster season, but what's going to happen now that normality's arrived? They're in a new league with a new a new remit, I suppose. Yeah, you say that, but how many times in the last few seasons have we seen people do the double promotion? We've seen it quite a few times. It's happened this season, it's happened in seasons past, so I wouldn't rule them out being up there fighting as well. I'm going to go for a team that's just done that, Burton Albion. Mm -hmm. Now, they are having their first outing in championship football ever. Now, I must admit, I have chosen this one with a bit of nepotism in mind because I used to cover Derby County a lot and I got to know Nigel Clough very well. 
and I've been a big admirer of him as a manager. I think he's underrated. I think he does a lot behind the scenes. He's sort of like your Tim Sherwood who does a lot with the youth and he brings players through. He never gets a big budget. He always does quite well, I think. Um, and I felt that Derby let him go maybe a little too early. I think he's had some unfortunate gigs, actually, because he, he hasn't ever perhaps until now, um, he, he hasn't ever gone on to achieve anything specifically brilliant. He's kind of never quite lived up to the expectation and perhaps that was expectation born too early in his yeah. career. But he's had some tough gigs and he's not been able to ride them out, I don't think, in, in the past. And I have to say, when it comes to Derby, with Paul Clement and what happened to him, he's a good manager, had good ideas, he was doing well. And I spoke to a couple of people from Derby when I was at Charlton Derby. I seem to be at Charlton a lot this season. <laughs> I hope it had nothing to do with their relegation. Even the guys working for the club say they were very disappointed pointed with how it would handle and a talent, a young manager like Paul Clement, and how damaging can that be for him yeah. going forward and where he chooses to go. Maybe he won't even stay in this country now. Maybe he'll decide to go back abroad or to go to being assistant. So yeah. I think things like that can be very difficult yeah. for young managers. And it hasn't actually done Derby any good, has it, getting rid of Paul Clement, which is the ultimate joke, No, I but we're talking way oh, too sorry. much about Derby and not <laughs> enough about Burton Albion, for my liking. Um, so coming back to Burton, they spent four months in the top four in League One. So they had this wobble towards the end of the season and managed to get promoted. So they all feel, and you speak to any of the players there, they all feel that they thoroughly deserve it. It was one of those where it was them or Warsaw and they ended up going up. What I wanted to say is by making history, I don't think people are quite aware, or maybe um, your footballing stalwarts will be, but for those of you that aren't, Burton and Albion have spent nearly all of their entire history in the non-league. They were in the non-league from their foundations until 2009, which is fairly recently. So to now be in the championship, that just justifies what a big jump that is, how far they've come, and that's why I'll be keeping an eye on them. I'm hoping they don't go straight back down, but you know what, it wouldn't be a travesty if they do. I think just this achievement on its own is, is worth all the jubilations that they're going to have this summer. Watch videos and hit subscribe to our YouTube channel, Offside Rule TV. Well, before we move on to our look around Europe, let's look closer to home with the Women's Super League. Here's Sue Smith. The female take on football. Hello, everyone. Here's my weekly FAWSL roundup. There was only two games this weekend, Notts County against Birmingham and Chelsea against Liverpool. I'm going to start with their Notts County game, first of all. Emily Westwood's goal was the difference as Birmingham beat Notts County 1-0 and, and David Parker, the manager for Birmingham, was quick to praise his goalkeeper Sophie Bagley. She's only 19 and she has been impressive this season and she was especially impressive against Notts County and he said she saved his team on numerous occasions. Notts County did create quite a few chances to win the game or at least draw but they just couldn't score. This is a really good three points for, for Birmingham. I'm sure they'll be really happy with that. Next up was the Chelsea against Liverpool game. I was actually there, and I have to say for the neutral, it was an excellent game to watch. For the managers, not so much. Liverpool started the game so well after Katie Zellums won the strike after 57 seconds. I've got to admit now, I actually missed the goal because I was off getting some water. But I watched it afterwards and I can, I can assure you it was a top-class finish. Then there was an excellent response from Chelsea who scored four in the first half, making it 4-1 at half-time. There were goals from Karen Carney, Frank Kirby, Drew Spence and then Enya Luko. You think the game's all over, don't you? 4-1. Oh no, not at all. Second half, Liverpool scored two quick goals from Weir and Lund. So 4-3 meant game on. 
But Chelsea, for me, they then upped the gear and Drew Spence scored a second of the game before Frank Kirby scored her second. So the game finished 6-3. But what a, a fantastic game to watch and a great advert for, for the women's game. Just a quick plug for the FA Cup final on Saturday, 2pm kickoff at Wembley Stadium. And also it's live on BBC One from 1.30. Your favourite Scouse co-commentator, well, hopefully, um, will be there. And hopefully Arsenal and Chelsea will put on a good show. I'm sure they will. Go and support the girls. It would be great if we could beat the record of over 32,000 last year. And I'm sure the game will be as entertaining as ever. So go and get your tickets. Okay, see you all next week. Bye for now. Follow us on Twitter at Offside Rule Pod and like our page on Facebook. Simply type in the Offside Rule We Get In. There's only one of us. Thanks very much, Sue. Well, on to our down-to-the-wire topic, and it did go down to the wire for many clubs around Europe. Uh, we're not going to keep it just in England. We're going to go further afield because we like to do that sort of thing on the Offside Rule podcast. Not limit ourselves, <laughs> is what I'm calling it. I want you to choose any top league from around Europe. Take us through the end-of-season drama. It can be at the top or the bottom. Shall we start with Gigi again, seeming yeah. as you wanted to defer last time? Let's do it. <laughs> and we're not going to start in France because the Championship is ridiculous. Piers G, 27 points ahead of Lyon. I know there's a Champions League place at stake for the team that finishes second, but how deflating is that if you're a team and you see that gap and you see the money and you see the players and you think, why are we even bothering? Because they're going to win it at a canter. So we're not interested and we're going to move away from France very quickly. I'm going to head over to Spain and this might even seem slightly boring. It's the top of the table. It's involving the big three clubs, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid. Now, Atletico blew it in terms of the league last weekend, so they're out. But they've got the Champions League final to focus on, so they probably won't be too upset. Comes down to Barcelona, Real Madrid. People must be thinking, well, why is this exciting? If you're a fan of Barcelona, Real Madrid, it is. And for Barcelona, it's important because they've got a one-point lead. It's in their hands. They win, they're done. Or if they do terribly, they have to hope Real Madrid, who've also got the Champions League final to focus on, do terribly. But for Barcelona, what amazes me, Suarez, Neymar, Messi, 123 goals between them. This is the Luis Suarez that when he left Liverpool after he'd bitten everybody and everyone was thinking, well, good to get rid of him. He's a bad egg. You don't want him. Can you imagine where Liverpool would be if he had scored, what, 55 goals for them this season? I know the supply is different and the characters in the team are very different, but what an absolute talent. They've still got the Copa del Rey final to focus on, so there is something else in it there. But for me, it's looking at the shift in power. Diego Simeone of Atletico. They can't win the league. He could win the Champions League and he seems to be the next manager everyone's talking about in terms of where he goes. Jurgen Klopp's move, Pep Guardiola's move, Carlo Ancelotti, he's coming back off his sabbatical. So what happens now? And Diego Simeone is the manager we seem to be looking at. And what about the shift of power with Real Madrid and Barcelona? Is there going to be a big turn? Are they going to change it round a little bit? Can Real Madrid win another Champions League? So for me and I think for fans of those two clubs, this last weekend is so, so important to see if Real Madrid can knock Barcelona off top if Barcelona can slip up but maybe it's going to be very dull and Barcelona will get the result they need and they'll win the title. Before we go to Kate I'm going to jump in with Eredivisie because PSV this was a fascinating story at the end of the season they managed to retain their title but against the odds you would say um, their rivals Ajax uh, failed to beat the second bottom club in the league would you like to say this one for me Kate? The graph shout. Thank you. Uh, it was a one-all draw. Now, PSV beat PEC Zwollet 3-1, so they did their bit, mm. and they moved to 84 points from 34 games. But PSV lifted the title by two points mm. because of winning that game. What made it even more painful for Ajax is if they'd have won, 
if they'd have beaten the second bottom club, they would have actually been crowned champions. And it was on goal difference. Ajax had led for nearly all of the entire season. All the signs for this point to the team bottling it. They failed to beat a team that they've beaten in every match for the last 16 seasons. And they failed to win. Over to you, Kate. Uh, Well, that one's sewn up. Syria isn't sewn up yet, but the title is. So the Scudetto goes to Juventus, and they actually lost at the weekend against Hellas Verona. Luca Toni retiring, scored a Penenka penalty kick. Not the best Penenka ever, but he chipped it over nonetheless, and Juve have sewn up the title, so that's all good for them. They're also in the Coppa Italia as well. So the drama in Syria, let's look at where that is at the moment. It's really the battle for that second automatic Champions League spot. Teams involved, uh, we've got Napoli and we've got Roma. Napoli on 79 points, two points clear of Roma. So they're in the driving seat for this one. Roma, they play AC Milan, who are in seventh, but AC Milan are fighting for this sixth Europa League spot. So there's a bit of drama going on there as well. And Napoli, on the other hand, who are my favourites to take that second Champions League spot, their final match is against Frosinone, who were defeated by Sassuolo, so they're now relegated. So in terms of where the odds are, you would go with Napoli for this one, but it's going to go right down to the wire. Quick relegation look at uh, Syria as well. As we know, one team down already. It's a straight fight between Palermo on 36 points and Carpi on 35 points. Palermo play Hellas Verona, already relegated. Carpi play Udinese, who are in 16th, but they're safe. So a little bit of drama going on there in Syria. And I love the way that the Italians, even if this wasn't that dramatic, in the true spirit of Syria, it would have to be dramatic because it's Italian, like another Italian we know. Hello everyone, this is Tony Cotty from Sky Sports Soccer Saturday and when I'm not working with Jeff Stelling and the boys, I'm listening to the Offside Rule podcast. Wouldn't we not know anything about football? You're having a laugh, aren't you? Let's go on then to topic three and a, and a party. And whilst we're talking everything Claudio Ranieri, Italian, everything Leicester City, we have to get Gigi's take on Ranieri from when you were at Chelsea and he was there. I know that you spent many hours talking, but not necessarily about football. Yes, I joined at the end of Gianluca Vialli's reign. So Claudio Ranieri comes to the club, very smiley, didn't really speak a word of English, had a translator alongside him. But he did try and get to grips with the language quickly, didn't always come out that well. But from the word go, he was doing really intense interviews for the club channel about tactics, what was happening, results, etc, etc. But there's always that bit, you know, when you set up for an interview and you're chatting. And we'd get chatting about other things. I'd ask him how he's enjoying Fulham and London and, and does he go home a lot to Italy? And he's actually got a couple of antique shops he might have more now can invest in a few more with his wife in Rome so he had a house very locally to Chelsea and he was going to keep that here whatever and he still got that and he'd go back to Rome to the antique shops and didn't really discuss football when he was back they just love looking around antique markets with his wife such a gentleman such a lovely man always had a smile on his face always would stop for a chat a genuinely lovely lovely person I never heard anybody say a bad word about him when he was at Chelsea and just so happy now that he's getting who would have thought when he loses his job um, looking after the, the Greek national side and everyone thought what on earth are Leicester City doing and here he is lifting the Premier League trophy I just it shows that you know nice nice guys do win things so this brings a whole new meaning to the Tinkerman tag right because not only tinkering with his side but I've not known that antique fact he, he truly is perhaps a posh Tinkerman but a Tinkerman nonetheless 
tinkering with antiques when he's not tinkering with football. Although when he goes to Leicester, he didn't really tinker at all. Let's talk about their celebrations then at the weekend at Leicester City, at the King Power. It was the big swan song, all the Leicester City fans turning out. I will briefly skim over this, but did you hear that some tickets were going for over £1,200? Criminal. Let the true fans in and let them celebrate with their team. But what we'll talk about is uh, things from the day, things that we liked and things where we think, you know what, they could have done a bit better with this party. Why didn't they think of this? I've got a few of those. Um, we're going to start with Kate. I mean, a very emotional day. Bocelli singing, very emotional. I like the way that he changed the lyrics to Time to Win Again. I mean, why is why has no one thought of that before? Just the series of bizarre things, I think, make me love Leicester even more. Just the sight in the papers of Roy Cropper from Coronation Street doing Alan Birchall's charity run before the game. That was a bit like, oh, what on earth is Roy Cropper doing there? The fan who decided to model a pair of Everton Speedos, not quite as brief as the ones that Tom Daly sported, but even so, well, I, th I think he might have been an Everton fan just wanting to get involved because he had a picture of Gary Lineker on. Is this the new streak in? <laughs> well, no, this is trying to encourage Gary Lineker to do Match of the Day in his oh, pants. Yeah, I'd like yeah. to discourage that right here, right now. What else did I see? The pop-up fairground, I've mentioned that, bizarre, because you've got a football stadium and there's people on fairground horses. It's just so funny. The middle-aged couple, I spotted a picture on Twitter of a middle-aged couple in full-size pizza slice outfits just hanging around. I like that. Yeah? I like that. Hats off to them. Just a succession of bizarre but wonderfully heartwarming sights at the King Power Stadium did it for me. Andre Bocelli, I mean, stunning, breathtaking, amazing. If you haven't heard it, go on YouTube, find it, listen to the whole thing. Halfway through, takes his top off and there's a Leicester shirt on. The crowd go crazy. I loved at the beginning when Claudio was silencing the crowd because they were just chanting, just silencing them to listen. Leicester fans singing, Barcelona, we're coming for you because, of course, they're in the Champions League. There was a wonderful, I heard on the radio, father and daughter who went just to be involved outside the stadium to sort of wave flags and sing. Someone gave them two tickets. Someone just came up. They didn't know them and they came up and gave them two tickets they didn't ask for any money they just said go and enjoy the game which i thought was incredible and the leicester royal infirmary sent out a tweet saying please don't come to any unless you need to we're a little <laughs> overwhelmed by the leicester game and trying to keep people away i've got to tell you two things one a man just walked by and said well done girls because he was listening to our conversation he heard the podcast first <laughs> here in parsons green but also you, you talk about andrea bocelli do you know who they could have had with Leicester roots, because of course Kasabian are from, from yeah. Leicester, but yeah. they've played at the stadium yeah. already this season, but what they missed yeah. out on instead of Andrea Bocelli was Mark Morrison return of the Mac. He's from Leicester. <laughs> Thankfully they went for Bocelli. <laughs> These are some things that they missed out on though in the celebrations. I thought, what is it missing? It's missing pyrotechnics. It could have had fireworks, it could have had a big pyrotechnic display, each corner of the ground could have had it. When walkers were doing their salt and victory crisps, which I think were brilliant. Yeah. They winners could have rather than walkers, by the way, winners. Oh, winners, crisps, yeah. yeah. Um, they could have gone for a whole range of the players, and I've started you off, but I couldn't go through them all, of course. But smoking Mares instead of smoky bacon, yeah. ready, steady, Cante. <laughs> a lot of time on this. A little, you, a little you bit. the full 11, don't you? No, I don't have the full 11. Uh, Fuchs maybe and Onion. You should, maybe, you, maybe you should put that out to the podcast listeners. They've got yeah. to tweet and or get in touch with their Leicester Crisp 11. There you go. I've got three to start you off. Fuchs and Onion, Ready Steady Cante and Smoking Mares and you can come up with the rest. At Offside Rule Pod is our Twitter <laughs> handle. Another one, there was a person, I have to mention because my best friend loves him. She worked on his programme. David Attenborough, Sir David Attenborough's 90th yeah. birthday. Why didn't he get
get an invitation, eh, from Leicester. Other people from Leicester who should have been there got one. Why wasn't he in the audience? <laughs> and my final thing, what else is Leicester famous for? That is a rhetorical question. I'm not going to get you guessing all day. They're actually famous for having a national space centre. Did you know this? No. Jodrell Bank is there, National Space oh. Centre. No, I didn't. You didn't know this? I went there on a school trip. I thought instead of the owners coming in their helicopter, at the end of the game they could have gone off in a rocket, launched into space. Genius. Absolute genius. They missed a trick. <laughs> well, I've got a few things that I think Leicester should have done. What's the one word that commentators, pundits, press, media alike, what's the one word that they've used this season to describe Leicester's season? When describing what's happened to Leicester this season, it's been a... Incredible. Yeah, but it's also been... It's not necessarily a superlative. It's kind of more like a description. This is the stuff of... Dreams? No, the stuff of... It's been a... Fairy tale. (laughs) You got it. Well done. How did you get that, Lindsay? (laughs) Hang on a minute, a fairy tale. We need to embrace this, yeah? We've got to imagine this picture now, if we're writing our Leicester fairy tale. You've got the respected chief of staff at the palace, Claudio, Prince Vardy in a big glass carriage, horse-drawn, white horses, a top Andy King, Wes Morgan, Riyad Mahrez, who's the prince's exotic friend from faraway lands. Who's the pumpkin? I don't know who the pumpkin is, but the supporters are, of course, the victorious royal subjects. So Uh. let's make a proper fairy tale, an actual fairy tale out of Leicester's season. This is so rubbish. I have nothing to add. I think... (laughs) A, they did it marvellously. I think it was absolutely incredible. I think B, what you've added to it made it spectacular. I think we didn't have the pyrotechnics because the money was spent on the flowers behind Andrea yes, Bocelli. It, incredible flowers behind Bocelli and Ranieri on the stage. So it might sound rubbish, but I think what you've added, if we put both of your ideas into what happened, it would have been a party we would never forget. And it would probably still be going on now. That would be the cauldron the melting pot of all the ideas Mm. for next season Mm. if they do the Champions League. (laughs) There you go, it's there. No, that's when Burnley win because they are 5,000 to 1 like Leicester were to win the Premier League. Oh, well, there you go. I thought they'd never do a 5,000 to 1 again. When are they going to learn their lessons? (laughs) Thank you very much for listening to this episode of The Offside Rule, We Get It, brought to you by Continental Tyres, getting you to the game safely. Thank you very much, Gigi, for joining us again. Thank you very much for asking me again. And thank you, Kate, for being a regular and being back next week. (laughs) Thank you, I'll see you next week (laughs) we are back for our final one this was the penultimate episode but we will be back for episode 40 next week in the meantime go to offsiderulepodcast.com get looking at different football articles we've put up for you follow us on twitter at offsiderulepod come up with those walkers alternatives a leicester city 11 we'd love that of different flavors women's fa cup final this weekend at wembley kids go free by the way so if you're a mum or a dad and you want a chance to take your kids to wembley i'm pretty sure you'll still be able to get tickets it's a great one to go to really good arsenal versus chelsea ladies and we'll have all the loadouts from that after our royal shenanigans. <laughs> uh, bye for now. The offside rule we get it is brought to you by Continental Tires. Sports Social Podcast Network. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At US Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job, it's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.